Welcome to Treasures Old and New from American Radio Theater. Hi, I'm Joy Jackson. A Hundred Thousand for a Wife is a comedy by Soul Sachs, perhaps best known for his writing on Bewitched for TV. Philip's dad has offered $100,000 to any woman to marry his son. Marcia is bound and determined not to be drug into a marriage, but it's not as cut and dried as it might appear. American Radio Theater is pleased to present a comedy by Saul Sachs from 1948. Mr. Sachs began his career as a child actor on radio and later became a writer for radio, film, and television. He is perhaps best remembered for his writing on the television show Bewitched. Now, you can also remember him for this play, $100,000 for a Wife. your morning paper man offers hundred thousand for a wife read all about it yes sir paper right here get your morning paper man offers hundred thousand for a wife paper mister get your paper here man offers hundred thousand dollars dad this is the lowest trick that any man has ever played on his own son I warned you, Philip, that if you didn't stop gallivanting and getting into trouble, I was going to do something drastic. Offering a hundred thousand dollars to any girl who will marry me? I tried everything else. Marriage will settle you down. You refused to get married, so I... So you tried the same method you use for selling soap. You put on an advertising campaign. It's worked before, son. I suppose if this doesn't work out, you'll offer me free with box tops. No, no, you did not either. Get out of the way. I got here first. No, no, I got here first. Putting a bounty on my head as if I were a rabbit. I won't, I won't stand for it. I'll leave town. I've sent for a private detective who'll see that you don't leave town. You can't do this to me. I... What's all that noise out there? Those are some of the girls who want $100,000 badly enough to marry you. Send them away! Oh, if I were you, I'd see them before they break in here. <laughs> they look like a determined lot of girls, Philip. Look! On the front lawn, there, there are girls all over the place. I'll get it. Hello? Yes? Yes? No, absolutely not. Who was that? Some fellow wants to know how much we'll charge for the pop and peanut concession on our front lawn. <laughs> Look at this newspaper. My name's plastered all over it as if... Uh, what? Look. <laughs> Did you read this ad? Well, of course. Uh, of course, I wrote it. <laughs> Well, it offers $100,000 to the girl who marries Philip Carstairs. That's right. <laughs> they didn't add the junior to the name. Philip Carstairs without the junior? Why, that's, that's, that's me. And all those girls are looking for you. Send them away. Tell them it's a mistake. They look like a very determined lot of girls, Father. I've got to get out of here. I'll, I'll go through the back way. Philip, you tell I'm them. I'm telling them nothing. I'm leaving here as fast as I can get a suitcase packed while you're too busy to stop me. That private detective will be here in a minute, and... I think those girls are coming in here now. Good gosh. If anyone asks, tell them I've left for a seven-year vacation in Siberia. <laughs> Let's see now. Shirts? Yeah. Socks? Handkerchiefs? Now, where's that blue polo shirt? Come in. Come in. 
Pardon me, sir. I'm Private Detective McGillicuddy from the Bulldog Private Detective Agency. And Philip, tell this fool detective who I am. What? Oh, you see, sir, I've been sent over here to keep someone from leaving town. And just as I was coming in, I see this geezer sneaking out the back way. Geezer? Oh, yes, Mr. McGillicuddy. I'm the one who called your firm. What? And that's the man I want watched. Now, don't harm him, but... We know just how to take care of him, Mr. Carstairs. Gentle but firm. That's the Bulldog Detective Agency. Now, now listen here, Philip. I'll... I'll, I'll... Mr. McGillicuddy, do your duty. Quiet, you. For I gag you. Good work, Mr. McGillicuddy. I'm certain that your employers will take notice of the way you've handled this job. Thank you, sir. Now, I'm leaving on a trip. Don't do anything until you hear from me. Uh, Philip, where are you going? Somewhere, somewhere there are no girls who want to get married. I won't get married. I won't get married. I won't get married. I won't get married. But, Marcia, dear, you don't have to get married. It's only that, as your aunt, I think it's my duty to see that you meet eligible young men. Auntie, I've told you before, and I'll tell you again. I refuse to sell myself as if I were a a prize cow or something. Oh, Marcia, you're not a prize cow. Auntie, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. You're beautiful and you're young, but you won't always be young. That's consoling. And I want you to meet some eligible young men who... Who will support my family in the manner to which they have been accustomed. I don't believe in marrying for money, Marcia. But isn't it just as easy to fall in love with a man who has money as one without? Ever since we lost everything, you've decided that the only security left of any commercial value that hasn't already been pawned is... Marcia! Is one 22-year-old girl, sound of lemon body, whom for some inexplicable reason, several men with more money than is good for them would like to marry and shower with love, affection, and interest-bearing bonds. Marcia, I won't have you... Thereby making a recoup to the Clinton family fortunes. All I asked you to do was to meet some eligible young men who... Send them back to their pink tees and polo games. I'm leaving. Marcia, where are you going? I'm, I'm tired of having you throw a man with a Dun and Bradstreet rating at me every time I turn around. My bags are packed, my roadster half of which belongs to the finance company, is waiting outside. Now, Marcia... I'm going to find a place where there are no eligible young men. What's the idea of bumping me in the back? Why don't you look where you're going? Look there! You bent my fender! That's what you get for getting in my way. I'm sorry. Next time I'll drive up on the sidewalk so you can get by. Don't you know how to drive? Why were you so close behind me? I was following you. Oh, you're one of those... those females! I guess I do fall into that general classification. Well, you might just as well go home and forget all about it. I'm not going to marry you. You're you're not? Oh, you're one of those eligible young men. Yes, I'm the eligible young man, but not to you. You conceited young pup. And you'd better stop following me. I... Uh, I'll call the police. Well, of all the... Hey, hey, you! Now listen here, young lady. If you don't stop following me, I'll... I'll stop following you, my conceited young Adonis, as soon as you disengage our bumpers. 
So you locked our bumpers together. What some girls won't do to get a husband. Of all the... I'll unlock those bumpers, but if you keep following me... I'll go where I please, when I please. Oh, is that so? Well, I'll just show you. Officer! Officer! Calling the police? You... you sissy! Well, what's the trouble here? Officer, this girl has been following me. Well, we'll soon take care of that. But, Officer, I was... we were... I... Come along with me, miss. You can tell it to the judge. You mean you're going to arrest me? You get the idea. I wouldn't be surprised if she had a police record as long as my arm. My darling, you could do this to me? After all we've meant to each other? What? At least if you don't care about me anymore. Uh, Now... After taking the best years of my life, you might think of the children. What's all this about? Officer, isn't there a law in this state against wife deserting? You mean he... Well, you bet your life there is. But, but officer... Spending the money I earned, scrubbing floors, the baby's milk money, for his good times. Why, you... Don't you talk to this sweet little woman like that. (laughs) Thank you, officer. But you've got to... Another word out of you and I'll give you this club over your head. You're coming to the station with me, you... You... (laughs) Cad. You cad. I'm sorry, madam, but you'll have to come along also. You've got to sign a complaint. This has gone too far. Not another word out of you. You... You... Cad. Cad. married to this this girl (gasps) young man i've been on this bench 17 years i can tell when someone is telling the truth thank you judge you mean you're gonna condemn me on her evidence alone Uh, you'll have a chance to plead your case in the morning fine until then you'll occupy cell 14 your honor if i could leave now the children. Oh, of course, my dear. Uh, Your Honor? Yes? I... I... Well? I want to turn over a new leaf. Oh, well, that's the way I like to hear you talk. I've been a... A beast? Thank you. A beast. And the little woman here, my sweet little wife, stuck with me through thick and thin. Well, I've got to be going. The children. Give me just one more chance, Your Honor. I'd like to show the world that I can lead a new life, a, a better life. Now I have something to work for, the kitties. Oh, bravo, bravo. Now listen here. Come, my dear, let us grow old together. (gasps) My boy, I'm proud of you. Your Honor, he always says that. Then he backslides. My dear, I've been on this bench for 17 years. I can tell when a man is sincere. Thank you, Your Honor. I'm going to give you your chance, young man. You don't know what this means to me. But, Your Honor... Now, now, don't thank me. Sergeant, have them taken home in a squat car. But, Your Honor... My children, go forth into life's battle with my blessing. Together you will find happiness, and should you waver, young man, remember, what you are doing is not for yourself alone, but for your loyal wife. And the kitties. Come, dear, let us go home to the kitties.
I don't know why you had the policemen leave us here at the waterfront. First, we have no home or kitties for him to take us to. But on this pier here... This rowboat down there is mine, and I have a sailboat out in the harbor. You're going to... Right. I'm getting out to that sloop before any more calamities befall me. You're not going to leave me here. I can't even get a cab. As soon as I can row out to my boat, I'm hoisting sail for China. You, you, you... Beast! And be careful, you'll fall off that pier and get all the fish mad. If only I... I told you you'd fall in. All right, all right, I'll save you. Here I come. Go away, go away. Don't touch me! I can't! Now, don't get panicky! I'll... I'll save you! If you keep struggling, I'll have to knock you out! Oh well, if I have to! <sighs> Sorry, I had to hit you, lady. Now if I can just get her into the boat! There. Now to get myself in. Uh-uh. Oh. We're in my boat. For some reason, which is a complete mystery to me, I just saved your life. What I was trying to tell you in the water is that I can swim. I have a room at home filled with cups for swimming. Why didn't you say so, then? Say so? I... Where are you going? I told you. I'm going to my sloop. Then you can have this rowboat and the rest of the world. It's no use you're doing all this. I'm not going to marry you. Take me back to shore this minute. I don't intend to make any more stopovers. I'm expecting an earthquake any minute. You'd better start swimming. Why? Because I just pulled the plug out of the bottom of the boat. We're sinking. The, the water's coming in. Where, where's the plug? Just the other side of that third wave. Oh, quick, here's a pail. Start bailing. Okay. We'll have to bail fast. Miss? My dear. Huh? The accepted way of bailing is to take the water from inside the boat. Not from the outside and spill it in. We ought to make another hole in the boat and let the water out. Oh, what's the use? I'm heading for shore. Here I go. Why don't you just stay here and make yourself at home? I'd rather be with you. Here we are. Together again. Yes. Isn't it cozy? Can't you find someplace else to swim? I'm swimming towards the pier. If you want to be alone, you can head out to sea. We can divide the harbor between us. A good idea. I'll take the top and you take the bottom. You might as well just stop chasing me around. I'm not going to marry you. You're not going... Nothing personal, you understand. You don't want to marry me. You shouldn't take it so hard. I've been spending the better part of a day touring jails and swimming the harbor to get away from you, and now you... You mean you don't want to marry me? If I thought it was going to be such a surprise, I'd have broken the news gently. But I want to marry you like I want a case of smallpox. <laughs> I know just how you feel. But if you don't want to marry me, why? Why? I, I thought you were one of the eligible men that Auntie arranged for me to meet. 
Here, I thought you wanted to marry me, and you... Say, do you want to make $100,000? <laughs> Stop saying those things to me when I'm swimming. All you have to do is marry me. It's not enough money. You wouldn't really have to marry me. We just pretend to get married. Now listen. You want $100,000. I want Dad to quit hounding me about getting married. We'll pretend we're married. Dad will let me alone. And you'll be able to pay off the family mortgage. $100,000. There's a fellow fishing on the pier. Hey, hey, give us a hand up, will you? All right. Give the girl a hand first. Uh, there, I'm up. Oh, ah, fine. Thanks, fella. Oh, come on. I've got to get into some dry clothes. Uh, we, we fell in. You scared all the fish. Well, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but... Say, you want to make $50? Not especially. What are you trying to do now? My dad's too smart to be fooled by an ordinary trick. So? Well... We could have this fellow pretend he's a justice of the peace. Him? All he has to do is read the marriage ceremony. We could get a real marriage license to show Dad. Well, go ahead. I'm only working here for $100,000. Say, fella, I'll make it $100, and it's only a half hour's work. Is it heavy work? No. Hmm, all right. But only a half hour. Fine. Now, here's what I want you to do. Do you, Philip Carstairs, take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? I do. Do you, Marcia, take this man to be your lawful wedded husband? Uh-huh. Oh, I pronounce you man and wife. Fine, fine. Now may I kiss the bride? Oh, go right ahead, Dad. There you are. As for you, young man, this is the only thing that could make me forgive you for the two hours I spent convincing that blockhead detective who I was. Well, you know, Dad... Now, young lady, you come over here with me. Yes, Father. I want to write out my wedding gift to you. Here's your hundred dollars, fella. Now get away from here as quick as you can. I'm hungry. You're not going to get nothing to eat. All right, all right. I'll go in the kitchen and help yourself from the refrigerator, but don't stay longer than necessary. Okay. And now, Philip, everything is all ready for you. Here's a check, and here's the marriage contract, all signed. And, and, and say, what, what did you say that justice's name was? Um, uh, 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 uh Smith. Hmm. I, you said Jones before. Well, lots of people get those names confused. You know, Smith and Jones. Uh, but he signed that contract, uh, Camembert Truslow. Camembert Truslow. That sounds something like Smith. Hmm. There's something rotten in Denmark. I'm going to have a talk with that justice. Dad, are you accusing me of... If you've tried to fool your own father, Philip, I'll cut you off without a penny. Now, Mr. Carstairs... Oh, now, as for you, young lady, if there's anything wrong, you not only won't get a cent, but I'll see that you get prosecuted for securing money under false pretenses. Yeah, where is that man? Truslow! Come and bear Truslow! Camembert, or whatever your name is, you've got to get out of here. Dad's looking for you. Well, tell him I'm here in the kitchen. 
Listen, I don't want to strain that feeble mind of yours, but Dad suspects something, and if he finds out what we've done, we'll all be sent to Siberia or something. Hmm. Do you know where they keep the ketchup? Can't you understand? You've got to get out of here now. Well, I haven't finished eating. Well, take the chicken with you. Take the ham with you. Take the ketchup, too. Yes, the ketchup, too, but get... But there is no ketchup. Here, buy yourself some ketchup. Buy a case of ketchup, but get out, quick. I always wait seven minutes after eating before I move. The doctors say... True, slow. Hmm? Would you like a new fishing tackle? Uh-huh. I'll buy one for you. I'll buy you the best tackle made. I'll buy you two outfits. Three. But... Oh, you're just saying that to get rid of me. Will you get out of here before I cut you up in little pieces and pour you down the drain? Matt. Marcia, where's Dad? He's coming over this way. He's looking for you. And, and... Lord Fauntleroy here. Kim and Bear has decided to homestead here in the kitchen. Hello. Where are you? He's coming. Quick, you, you, out the back way here. Fine house. No ketchup. He can't go out that way. Your father's got the butler looking over the grounds. Philip! I wonder what kind of food they serve in jail. We've got to do something quick. Here, Kim and Bear, crawl into this laundry basket. You say that if I leave, you'd buy me three fishing tackles. But, Kevin Bear... You did so. I heard you. Oh, well, there's only one way. Oh! Philip, you hit him! That's much quicker than trying to explain. Quick, help me put him in the laundry basket here. Philip, where are you? for me, Dad? Um, we were just looking at the kitchen. Newlyweds, you know. I'd like to know where that that, that justice of the peace is. Uh, he must have left already. Oh, the butler said no one has left the house since the wedding. He's been at the front and the chauffeur has been at the back. The justice of the peace is around here someplace, and I'm going to find him. And, And don't either of you leave. I've got some business to attend to as soon as I find that. We would have been better off if we'd really gotten married instead of... You mean... You'd really marry me? It's better than going to jail. You know what? What? I wish I had married you, Marcia. Huh? I feel like somebody punched me right in the solar plexus. You know what that is? What? Love. You know what? What? I I feel the same way. I thought it was something I ate. Cannonbird is coming to life. I haven't got any money, but... Marcia, will you marry me? You'll have to wait until I get out of jail. Oh, my head. I'll go to jail with you. How did I get in here? No, you wait for me. And send me magazines and cakes and things. Things with files in them. I remember eating cold chicken and I asked for the ketchup. Anyway, we have each other. And everything went black. Marcia, I've got an idea. We'll carry Camembert out in the laundry basket. Oh, no. Oh, no. But the chauffeur is out back. He's sure to see us. We'll we'll try to bluff him. It, it's our only chance. I want to go home. Ihe, ontwe, ude, ite. I'll use the old convincer on him. Now hold still, just a minute, Camembert. We're gonna measure you for a picture. I don't want a picture. I want to go home. Well, hold your chin up, just a little higher. That's fine. <clears throat> oh. And now he belongs to the H's. Quick, now, help me put him into the basket. 
Now, down with the cover. Now we'll carry the basket out the back door there. Where are you going with that laundry basket? Well, we... I, uh, oh, we were just playing house. Mr. Um, uh, Dad, you know, newlyweds. Uh, huh. Oh, uh, oh, I, uh, I just called up the city hall to check up on that marriage license. Dad, you didn't trust us. Well, just playing safe. A uh, hundred thousand dollars doesn't grow on trees, you know. <laughs> what was that? What was what? I thought I heard a sound. I didn't hear anything. Did you, dear? Not a thing, dear. Hmm. Well, uh, anyway, I, I was gratified to find that a license had really been issued to you. This lack of confidence hurts me deeply, Dad. Well, I guess I was a little suspicious, and... I, I, <laughs> you... You didn't by any chance hear something then, did you? Perhaps you've been working too hard lately, Dad. Hmm. I think I've paid you children a, a, a great injustice, and... And, <laughs> and I thought that... <laughs> What were you saying, Dad? Yes, Dad, finish what you were saying. Hey, have you both gone crazy? I want to go home. Ah, oh, so there you are, Smith or Jones or whatever your name is. My name is Camembert Truslow, and I want to go home. I don't like this place. Every time I open my eyes, I'm coming out of a laundry box. Now, Dad, I can explain. Oh, just a minute. You, where did you meet my son? I was just fishing on the pier, and he said if I'd come with him, he'd give me a hundred dollars. Oh, if I had the wings of an angel. Just as I thought. He's not a justice of the peace after all. Well, I can always join the army. Who says I'm not a justice of the peace? Now, Mr. Carstairs, if you'll just listen to reason. I've been a justice of the peace in Oswegi County for seven years. Now, Father, it, it was all sort of a, a joke. And my father was a justice of the peace until the very year before I became one. After all, Dad, I am... Uh, what did you say? Uh, who, me? Y yes, about being a justice. Uh, I've been one for seven years. See, here's my card. Camembert Rembrandt Truslow, Justice of the Peace. Let me see that card. Why? Why, he is a Justice of the Peace. <laughs> of, of course he is. Uh, isn't that what I've been telling you? He looks like an angel to me. I, I wronged you both. Oh, can you ever forgive me? I don't mind telling you, sir, that I feel deeply hurt at your thinly veiled insinuations. And if it weren't for the fact that you are my own father. And the hundred thousand dollars. Thank you. Marcia, you know what? What? I just happened to think. We've been married two hours. That's right. I want to go home. Really married. So? So? Well... Look at all the time we've been wasting! You've been listening to American Radio Theater's production of $100,000 for a Wife, written by Saul Sachs. Our show was directed by Greg Porter and produced by Joy Jackson. In our cast, you heard Chuck Royalty as Philip, Dean T. Moody as Carstairs, Dan Schindler as McGillicuddy, Beth Schlansky as Marsha, Liz Roach as Marsha's aunt, Mary Morecampang as the police officer, Maisie Goldman as the judge, and Greg Porter as Truslow and the newspaper boy. Sound effects were created by Joy Jackson. Music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this show, we encourage you to visit our webpage at AmericanRadioTheater.org and click the podcast button for a listing of many other lost episodes from Radio's Golden Age, as well as contemporary original pieces. 
We also encourage you to make a generous use of our donate button to help us continue bringing these shows to you. Thank you for listening. I'm Pat McNally, your announcer, and this is ART, American Radio Theater. Hey, let's listen to some music from the days of old-time radio. And the dial is tuned to Jubilee. One if by land, two if by sea. Hang out of your seats, cause it's Jubilee. Yes, indeed, man. If you're looking for the stuff that'll make you drop your earmuff, if you want a session of tar that's far from hard, don't touch that dial, because we're moving into your dream with some of the steam and every bit grade-A cream. This stanza's prize basket opens up to the table of contents. And we find the Page Cavanaugh Trio, the Johnny White Quartet, Pete Daly's Orchestra, Freddie David, and the lovely Chirp, or Thrush, who made all the angels sing... Lilton, Martha Tilton. Thanks, Gene, and hello, fellas. We move right off now with Pete Daly's great little band. Are you ready, Pete? Ready to go steady. Well, good. Go steady on Sugarfoot Strut.
Bailey. This little session of Sweet and Hot is being presented from the Army's McCornack General Hospital in Pasadena, California. And it's in response to one big, big request. A lot of men over here sent a batch of letters to Armed Forces Radio about some of their favorite music and bands. So we answered by taking off over the hills of Hollywood to the beautiful banks of the Arroyo Seco, just south of the Rose Bowl. Well, that's where this big hospital is located. It's a great place for the guys and the gals to recover and get set for civilian life. Now, here's a request from McCornack from PFC Mel Lichenfield. And he says, how about some of that fine Paige Cavanaugh trio? All we can do about that of some of that fine trio, Mel, is to bring them on right now. The Paige Cavanaugh trio. <laughs> Thank you. 
Frank Page, Alviola, and Lloyd Pratt. The Page Cavanaugh trio singing and pounding out the three bears and crazy rhythm. A bunch of patients were wandering down Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood last week and happened to hear some great music coming out of the Rounders Club. Further investigation showed Johnny White's quartet up on the stand playing something like this. <laughs> It was a wonderful tune written by Irving Berlin. Oh, many years ago, Johnny. Do you remember Blue Sky? Sure do. Okay. You run over the vibes lightly and politely while I tell the boys how pretty those blue skies are. and gang that peeled the bobby right off my socks. <laughs> well, stealing in close now is Mr. Freddie David, one of the great masters of the harmonica. 
Freddie has just been spotted on a recent musical out at, uh, let's see, Freddie, where was that? MGM. Oh, at MGM, yes. Uh-huh. And when the camera started rolling, the sound picked up this. One of the great tune of jazz put down by Fats Waller many years ago. Freddie David plays Honeysuckle Rose. Contrast in music on the harmonica played by Freddie David, Oris Staccata, and Honeysuckle Rose. Thanks again, Freddie. Well, the fine people, little Martha has distributed the bouncy blossoms from our Blue Book of the Best, so we're down to the nubs of our solid sessions with the beat. Therefore, it behooves me to give a nod to Pete Daly over yonder to start the kick while I take up the music, music seat for that great old tune after you've gone. <laughs> After you've gone and left me crying After you've gone, there's no denying You feel sad, you feel blue You'll miss the dearest pal that you ever had There'll come a time, don't you forget it 
There'll come a time when you regret it. Oh, babe, just think what you're doing. You know my love for you will drive me through. After you've gone, after you've gone away. Now, after you've gone and left me cry. After you've gone, there's no denying. You feel sad, you feel bad. You'll miss the dearest pal that you ever had. There'll come a time. Don't you forget it. There'll come a time when you'll regret it. Oh, babe, just think what you're doing. You know my love for you will drive me to ruin. After you've gone, after you've gone away. Royal Garden Blues. Gee, that's all the time I've got for today. Please have a listen to the podcasts on our website, AmericanRadioTheater.org. We put up a new one every month. Hey, so long for now. See you next time. Bye. Bye.